Blog Talk Radio. Blessings, my poetic family. This is Miss Poetic D, aka Miss D, showcasing poets worldwide, doing it twice a week. Catch for the love of poetry, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Get your live recites and poetry over music. And we're going to follow that up with the best R&B music there is. Poetry After Dark, the original. Only on Saturdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where the open mic is blazing. Contact me, poetryafterdark at gmail.com. That's poetryafterdark at gmail.com. I am Miss Poetic D, your host, your poet, your author. www.blogtalkradio.com, Miss Poetic D. This has been a Poetic D, Poetry After Dark. Sound off now. Blog Talk Radio promotion exclusive.
what's up, family? This is your host, Miss Poetic D, and tonight we are speaking on internet poets. Um, those who are regulars that come to my show, you know that I don't do topic shows, but tonight I felt it was necessary to talk about. Um, before I introduce the guests that's going to be on the panel with me tonight talking about this, I want to give shout-outs to the chat room. Alexander Lane, uh, Where Talk Radio, Seti J, Diamond J, Guest 4674 and 4707, Miss um, Quirtus, Bobby Baby, The Dark Knight, Wild Slave, thank you all for coming out. Um, and before we push into this subject, I hope no one gets suspended. This is talk, and we are all grown folks. So, I mean, if the, the shoe fits, you know, where is it? At the same time, if it's not you, then don't get upset. All right, and with that being said, I am introducing you on Steady J, Diamond J, and DJ DZD. I need all of y'all to say something so I can see that y'all are on the line with me. What's up? Hey. DJ. Steady. Got you on. Diamond. Yeah, Diamond's here. All right. Uh, DJ DZ. All right. Your line is open, DZ, so whenever you want to say something, you can. Um, 305, welcome to the show. Um, if you're here for open mic, that's not going to be for the second half of the show. 313, um, welcome to the show. 504 and 240, uh, welcome to the show. Guys, since I don't have Ms. DZ on yet, I'm going to go to SETI first. Internet poets, what does that mean to you? The internet, well, I think about internet poets, I think about people who share their, who mainly share their work online through blogs, um, shows like like yours where you come online to, to spit their poetry, and they pretty much just keep, it, keep their, entity, their poetry, poetic entity online versus not out in the in the open in the real world for everyone to see and whatnot. All right. Um, I got another host as well as um hosting on BCR Seti is a host, uh Diamond J is a host, DJ D C D is also a host and I'm gonna bring on the wise slave and soon as I can find out his area to okay. Two one four. I'm going to on. Diamond J. Yes. What does internet poets mean to you? Um, the same thing that the brother before me said, you know, the only difference is with me, you know, I'm not willing to settle for just the internet. I mean, I'd rather be out there on stage because it's not, I've, me personally, I feel better, you know, doing my thing out, you know, in the public on, you know, at a poetry venue well, or something. But at the same time, with my circumstances be, being the way that they are, you know, the internet would have to do for now. So, I mean, I ain't got no, I ain't got no beef with it. It's just that you know, I rather, you know, I rather be out there at the club and networking with people as opposed to doing it on, you know, on the, the net. So. All right. All right. Um, why slave? I think I got you on two one four. That is I. All right. All right. How you doing tonight? 
I am doing good. I got my Red Bull in my system, so I'm I was ready for your show all day. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's what's up. Um, interesting. Um, this this topic came from talking to the wife, slave, and we were talking about how we feel about our work and what we wanted to do as far as promoting our poetry and internet poets came in the conversation and we was like, you know what? We should do a show. So, wisely, what does internet poetry mean to you? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna be nice. <laughs> Basically, you know, to touch on, you know, what the gentlemen have already said, you have a difference between actual poets versus people that happen to write poetry. People that happen to write poetry, they'll post it on websites, blogs, uh, go to shows such as this, and, you know, they'll recite a piece. But poets are people that actually are seeking to make a living or part of their living, either writing books, uh, producing spoken word CDs, going to poetry slams, open mics, uh, to get themselves known and build an audience to actually potentially buy their work. And what a lot of poets do that are spoken word artists, that are slammers, because it's a difference, uh, they tour. You know, they go to various open mics, various venues, some host venues. But the online, the Internet thing, they really don't have time to do that uh, because they're out. You know, it's like if they're either rehearsing a new piece, writing a new piece or a new book, or they're out and about at a venue performing. They don't have time, as opposed to the internet poet who they have time to post every poem they've ever written on a blog or a forum or a message board or like Blog Talk, for example. It has several, several poetry shows, and if you listen to them, you hear mostly the same poets. They'll re recite their piece, and then they'll go to the next show, recite their piece, and then you look up. It's their time to do their show, so they're reciting their piece again. So that's what you get with the Internet Poet. Interesting. Um, 313, I'm sorry I got the area code all messed up. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> What's good? I'm like, 313. Oh, like, no, I said I got to number and everything. She said, she said, these you got me clicked in. I'm like, no, you don't, because I'm talking and ain't nobody hearing me. I'm yelling and, <laughs> and nobody's hearing me. I'm like, okay. Oh, well, said, that's my bad, but yeah, well, yeah. I got you on now. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, okay, cool. We have on the panel, we have Wise Plays, we have Diamond J. Um, these are all VPR hosts as well. Steady J and yourself and I. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to bring Dark Knight on or not. He hasn't confirmed that he's going to come on and get on this topic with us. But same uh, question as um, everyone else, what does the Internet poet mean to you? Um, an Internet poet can be both. I mean, just because you do spoken word does not necessarily mean you can't be an Internet poet. Um, I think it's, you know, the Internet it's like a worldwide thing now, so you can just put artists as far as just like R and B and hip hop artists are like doing anything, everything they can to get heard. Um, I used to do a lot of spoken word. I used to be in a lot of groups uh, when I was sixteen, fifteen, seventeen, and when I learned, you know, what I'm saying as the internet started to progress, um, 
I started putting my stuff on, on the net. Um, I started recording things and putting stuff on, like, iMeme and East Nights and all other types of things. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. However, um, what the gentleman just saying, sometimes some people really don't have any time on their hands, so they'll post, like, their whole life. Like, I couldn't see myself just sitting here for hours and hours and hours typing up, like, poetry. That's just too much work. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't, I couldn't do that because that's like, to me, I feel like you don't, you don't have any time on your hands. But to post a couple of pieces, you know what I'm saying, that's cool. But I have been to a lot of people's pages where it's just like five pages for, and they're long poems. They're not short little poems. They're like extremely long. I, I have to stop reading it. Like, oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I don't know. And then some Internet poets think that, like, they're like PDs. They're like, well, yeah, I'm on the Internet. You can just look me up. But nobody's heard of me. <laughs> she said they post their whole life. <laughs> yes, you know what I'm saying. Post their whole life, everything. Like, just I don't know. I mean, as far as doing that, I don't think you see anything wrong with recording your poetry. Because um, a lot of poets who do record their poetry end up, you know, coming out with an album, and they just want to post their work onto the internet, and you know, just in case people, you might not get the people to get your album, they get on there and listen. It's one thing to listen. To somebody read poetry than to actually sit there and read it. Mm-hmm. It definitely you know is. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you know, get on that to speak on that what you just said. That when we speak about poetry, yes, we write it. We start with the pen first. But how much life are you really bringing to what you're saying in that piece if you're just leaving it there for someone to read? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, what y'all think about that? Quiet, Diamond J. Get on this. Uh, yeah, um, as far as like what is that too? So when I first, and as soon as I saw this this topic, I was like, dang, that if that ain't me, um, describes me to a T. I don't know what it is. And it's like I don't write when I write. I mean, I've been writing for years, and I've I've never, no one's ever seen my work, no one's ever heard me say it. I haven't put it on blogs, anything. And I mean, I just write poetry because of this. I just love writing. I love writing stories, poetry, poetry, period. I just like writing. And it was like until like a couple, I think it was last last Saturday when I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do a poem. I was going to do a poem for the first time. And the first time I ever recited any poetry at all was on this show. And that's be it, internet, um, real world, anything. That was the first time I ever recited any poetry. And, yeah. I, I mean, I just always wrote for myself. And, I don't know, I just guess it's, it's coming a time where, you know, eventually you're going to have to put it out there. If, it, if, it's, if it's something that's worth um, hearing, you need to put it out there. Um, to touch what Robbie had said in the chat room, I guess to each his own on if it takes up a lot of your time, like, it really depends on what type of life you're ha- you're having. You know, as for me, um, I started out when I put my paper and pen, you know, and it was just something for me at that time. But when I started branching out, me as a poet, when I started posting and getting comments and feedback and accepting um, constructive criticism on my work, that made me want to go out and do more. I didn't want to stop right there because if, they feeling it, reading it. Well, imagine how they're going to feel from hearing me speak it. Or um, when I found blog talk, I was found poetry over music. And 
getting up there with like the R&B singers. I'm like, wow. I mean, I've never seen poetry on this level. I'm thinking if you're a true, true artist, you gotta want more. If that's your passion for it, you gotta want See, more. That's, someone reading. That's the difference again. The difference between people that just write poetry and poets. Uh, because you can write a poem doesn't mean you're a poet. My six-year-old niece can write a poem. Doesn't mean she's a poet. So right. it's a big difference. Yet a lot of people want to quickly attach that label to themselves. Oh, I'm a poet. You are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a true thing. I've never considered myself a poet. I just consider myself a person who likes to write. I, I, I consider myself a poet, flat out, no hands down, um, a poet. Like, I can't say I just write poetry, you know what I'm saying? Um, Reciting and, and just to get the nerve to get up in front of, like, a plethora of people, in front of a mic, you know what I'm saying, you know, 2.5 minutes and do it over and over again or with your group practicing over and over and over and over again, memorizing poems and, you know what I'm saying, putting your feeling, heart and soul into it, um, you know what I'm saying? That's you know you whatever you love to do. That's what that's what you are and who you are. You know what I'm saying? I I feel like okay. I, I also I rap, sing, produce. I consider myself as artist as well as a poet. But I can combine that all into one. Um, with me, I, I I've never actually um, put anything on the internet that I like put down in a notebook. With me, it's freestyle poetry. Every time I uh, hit Facebook or Zanga. You know what I'm saying? It's like I just sit there and let the, you know, let my fingers fall on the keys. You know what I'm saying? I have experiences where I black out, and then when I come to, I just, I have this poem. But I make sure that when I write my poetry, I write, I put things in explanation marks and capital capitalizations to let people know this would be a part where I'm, I'm really trying to vocalize this. So if I'm saying fuck, it's gonna be in capitalized letters so you'll know that if I was reading this. I would get louder. It just wouldn't be plain. Mm. Mm-hmm. All like, right, guys. Um, I've always myself, um, like, I've been going to, like, poetry slams and visiting all the time, and it's just one, one my, actually my best friend, her boyfriend is, is head of this big poetry group up here, and, like, he didn't even know I wrote, and he just always joking, was like, man, sir, you should get on the stage and um, do some poetry. And I just start laughing and whatnot, and just I don't know. I just I just it's I just always hid that part because I was afraid. Because I was afraid that not not we're not ready to let people feel where I was where I was writing yet. I guess that's what it was. Mhm. I mean, I I feel, I feel that I feel that um, especially this with a lot of people. I could say we can you know actually stay on the top of the internet, poets. Um, I actually stepped out of the poetry scene. I haven't recited, did any spoken word poetry um, um, in the D. For those, I'm from Detroit or whatever. Um, I haven't went to any cafes or any slams in a long time because it's so much politics and poetry, and people don't I understand it. It is so poetry. much politics and poetry, and I had to step back. <laughs> I, I'm the same way here in Dallas Forest area here in Texas. And mm. the more oh, poets yeah. I talk to, uh, the more they tell me the same stories I'm telling them. Slams work like this for people that don't know. You mm-hmm. get three minutes to recite your piece. There's five judges. They're supposed to be picked at random. However, everyone knows that any particular slam venue, you're going to have pretty much the same audience. 
the mm-hmm. same regulars. It might be three or four people new coming there. But the host is going to pick the people. And like I said, when you're dealing with the same audience, you're going to get the same people judging these pieces. And it becomes a popularity contest. If Seti becomes a regular at this spot, he's going to get more love than me that's never been in this spot. That's just natural. That I don't care if you're a singer, dancer, whatever. If you're a local favorite, you get more love. Hmm. Plus, slam teams, a lot of times they will, they like to change up the rules. This slam in this city might be like, well, to qualify uh, for the semifinals, you got to show up this many times, win this many slams. Then you over here might say, well, to qualify for our team, you got to do this, you got to do that. When it comes time to semifinals, they switch all the rules up because they want to get who they want on that slam team. And a lot of times, you, true. yeah, a lot of times you want, you have all these poets fight for one spot because they've already decided everybody else who's going to be on that team. That's why if you look from city to city, these slam teams year by year, most of them are made up of the same people. It's not that these cats are the hottest pe- poets in that city. It's just they've already decided. And even with, um, it's not even necessarily with slams, it's just groups in general, um, especially when I first started coming out as far as just doing my thing, you know, groups all joining this group, and it was so many rules and regulations, um, especially when I went to college, when I went to Eastern, it was just, I forgot what the group was called, it was like the only poetry group on the campus, but they were like, well, you have to write five poems a day. Like, what, excuse me? I have to do what? Like, how you going to tell me what I, when I'm supposed to write? And you know what I'm saying? Because if I'm forced to write, it's going to be bullshit. You know what I'm saying? No, and I, it was just crap. It was crazy. I can understand what you're coming from from that because I have a poetry group, form postings, and I had also been in other postings where they say, okay, well, you need to make sure you post this, this, and this. I'm like, mm-hmm. hold up now. Hold up now. And then, I mean, people, it's like, well, why I said you get the same old people going for the same poet. Need a little bit more variety here um need to take a little further i got four thousand people plus in this group guys and i can't i only probably pulled maybe two poets to the mic posting every day i mean i'm like dang where you get all this work from <laughs> yeah it's, i mean that's that's like that's wild you know what i'm saying um just you know, you got a lot of internet poets who were formerly spoken word poets who actually did go around and do poems and recite their poetry and this and this and that. And like with me, I just fell out until my mind, especially when I went to college. Um, you know, they had open mics at, you know, the halls and certain things. I used to go to that. And it was just, you know, it just, it was, to me, it was worse than the music industry. And I was just like, you know, I, I can't and handle this money. right now. And, exactly. <laughs> And it's less money. So we out here fighting. Everybody out here dogging each other out and this and this and this and that. And, we, not, you know, really not, there's no money. You know what I'm saying? At all. You know, and I, if it was money, then I could be like, okay, I still wouldn't like it, but I would understand in a certain aspect why, like, the poetry community is just so in the face. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that is, it's crazy. So I just do, I do poetry for me, and I recite it when I feel like it. But other than that, Which is another I, I, reason why a lot of people have left the slams alone because they like why y'all judging me in my piece. You know, I want to spit for me. So a lot of people have left the poetry slams alone because you got some cats. If it ain't a competition where they can potentially win some money, they don't want to get on the mic. Mhm. 
I have two spoken word CDs, and honestly, I've given more away than I've sold. Why? Because it's about building an audience with me. Mm-hmm. It's and about I see some bird out, really. Yeah, I see some you know, cats, you know, instead of, you know, a uh, person like, hey, how much your CD? Oh, it's $10. Well, I only got seven. Instead of them taking that $7 or so just giving it to them, they're like, well, just hit me, find me next time. I've seen that happen time and time again. Yeah, I have a couple of CDs, and I'm like, well, how much you got on you? And they be like, well, I don't have a dollar, or you just give me that dollar and you take the CD. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's how I feel because, and you know, it really is like, okay, the whole purpose of doing that is so people can hear you. At the same time, you will hope to make a profit, but at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying, when you, next time somebody, you go out and do your poetry, people, you might see that the seats are starting to fill up because people heard your CD. That you yep. for a dollar. Yeah. And, yep. you know, you got these They use this term professional poet. Okay, let's look at some professional poets. Saul Williams, Saul Williams Jessica Caremore, Limit. Those are just three people. They started off doing poetry. Some of them did the poetry slams. Even Jill Scott. But they went on to other things, whether it's acting, lectures, movies. They do other stuff. They don't rely on poetry as an income anymore. Saul Williams still does poetry CDs, but they're not traditional uh, spoken word CDs. And he does them just for his core fans and because he likes music. Same with poetry. I tell people, poetry collections don't sell. That's why most publishers don't publish poetry collections. Mm -hmm. And it's about time these Internet poets, well, I write a lot of poems. I'm going to collect them and put them in a book. That's fine. Save your money. You might as well self-publish it on Lulu because poetry collections, you, a big publisher is not going to publish it. You might as well, okay. author's house, they're going to charge you. They publish anything. Mm-hmm. So you're wasting your money. Oh, I, used to, I, used to pub, I used to publish my stuff um, back in the day the old-fashioned way. Um, I used to just take my poetry and and put it in an envelope um, and mail it back to myself with the, with the stamp, with the uh, date on there that, you know, they put that stamp on there when it, you know what I'm saying, when exactly it got there. It was just like 10, 20 cents for the stamp. But I have like 15 of envelopes that I've never opened. But if somebody tried to take my stuff and said they came out with me last week, I have proof. You know what I'm saying? You can clearly see that, no, this has been written three, four, five years ago. That was my way of public copywriting and publishing at the same time my stuff because I didn't have to go through that copywriting phase because it was already copywritten. Mm -hmm. I got, got, you know, I was kind of cheap back in the day. I want to speak on, on what I said real quick, um, that, okay, you, you, you're not going to get published um, with the big-time publishers with poetry because poetry is not a big thing for them. A lot of people want that hot stuff, what they call drama, what, what the world is tied on. They're not really trying to hear um, what people really need to hear, what, what poetry is about, you know, speaking on that real stuff. But to get on the publishing thing, self-publishing is good because you keep a lot of your rights. You're not sitting there feeling like you're working a nine-to-five job. Hey, I'm, I'm pre- they pressing you for a book. This pretty much is all on you doing what you need to do to get yourself out there. Mm-hmm. I personally, whether I put out a poetry book or a manuscript about uh, love, just, you know, just to say about love or what have you, I'm not going to sit there and, and – and try to go to the name publisher. I'm going to self-publish. Just as me, you know, just as me. 
I, I'm not going to do that because, one, I ain't going to be too keen on getting the door shut in my face. And I want to keep all my rights. And I did going out there pushing for what I believe in. You know, it might be a little longer getting out there. It's for those poets that want to self-publish. I don't want no one to get discouraged. It's what you make it. It is. It definitely is. I want to touch on something that someone said in the chat room about people making a living off spoken word. Yes, we never said that it can't be done, but this is the reality of a person that's making a living doing spoken word. They have to do show after show after show, and it works like this. Okay, you're a feature in this city. Chances are they can't afford to put you in a hotel, so you're staying with this poet. You go to that city. They can't afford to feed you or put you in a hotel. You're staying with the host. That is the reality. It's a hard life. Right. It's not like you are, you know, like I said, once again, the music industry where it's like, okay, yeah, you know, you're performing here, here, and here, you know, you got a suite, we're going to feed you hotel, transportation, you don't have to worry about anything, and we're going to pay for your plane ticket. You know what I'm saying? You, you really using your gas, <laughs> your and your money. You know what I'm saying. So yeah. normally, people, most people who are spoken word, who are making money off of that, you can ask anybody. They're gonna say, "Yeah, well, I had a job, and I was probably working that job for a minute, even while I was being featured. I was working yep. my job because that's pretty much what got me to the next state to be featured." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yep. saying? And you gotta call all these it's, venues. It's definitely, I mean, you gotta call before you walk. And right now, this. At this particular moment, where poetry has came from and where it's at now, it's a tremendous height. Okay? To say, yeah, you're not, I mean, a lot of people probably not making a lot of money off their poetry, but I know some artists out there that are surviving off their poetry. And if we, as poets, and I'm speaking for everyone that calls themselves a poet, whether in the chat phone line or artist, <laughs> artist. ever, okay, writers too, okay? It takes all of us as a whole to get our art into the limelight, to where R&B and that shit hop is at. I'm sorry. I mean, when you listen to the radio half the time, this is bullshit you're listening to, straight bullshit, you sitting there finding yourself just enjoying the beat. Am I wrong? Mm. Did somebody film? Hello. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree with the with the beat, but I just you know I don't even listen to the radio. I, I, don't, I don't even. You, I, I can't. That's crazy. That I'm always on blog talk. I'm like I don't want to fucking be, excuse excuse my friends. I don't want to be on this to the radio all the time, especially and wise and speak for me speak for this one. When you turn on K one four, turn on nine seven nine, it is like. It's like the minstrel show all day long. You're right about it. How many times are we going to do the Ricky Bobby? How many times are we going to Frankie? How many times are we going to walk that walk? How many times are we going to do all this stuff? And nothing has ever been said. Nothing of substance has been put on there. It's annoying to keep hearing that crap. It's really annoying when you hear, you know what I'm saying, like you just click on like five channels and they're playing the exact same song but just different parts. Oh, God, I hate this. You know what I'm saying? And it's supposed to be <laughs> different okay. format. But, Steady, this is the thing. You only have four, maybe five major companies that own all these radio stations. Clear Channel owns 91% of all radio stations in this country. Radio One, which is a black-owned company, they own a, uh, a lot. Then there's Infinity, and there's a couple others. So you only have four or five uh, companies that control everything you hear. 
television. You only have four or five uh, companies that control all the television stations, you see. So it's kind of effed up when you're relying on a total of eight companies that control what you see and what you hear. Yeah, and just, you know, uh, the cosine for that is uh, me just going to Empower, uh, which for those you know, that's in Austin, Michigan, um, one of the top schools for radio and TV, you know, you just have this computer and you can't control what you, I mean, you can't control what you want to hear. Whatever that computer says, that's what you play. You can't skip, oh, I'm going to play this later. It's like, no, it's a order faster what you have to play. And only certain, like morning hosts, such as Steve Harvey, Michael Bazin, and, you know, all the rest of them, they can control what they want to listen to because it's their show. But for the rest of the radio personalities, we're like, okay, look, you play this, period. That's what you play on the whatever the computer says. You click on that. You play the the um, the uh, commercials and all the other and the promotions and the voiceovers. But you go back to playing this. You have no control over. They have no control over what they play. And I think a lot of people who get in the car they get so mad at the radio personality, and it's not even their fault. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, it's not their fault. Isn't that that the requests are always um, biased? Let me bring on someone else who came onto the line, guys. Um, Epiphany. Hi, dear. Okay. Um, you're on. Just you can go ahead and say that. I just wanted to bring her on. Oh yeah, I'm just saying. Like, is it me or is it like, do when you listen, is it like the request or bias? Because I like, like when I finally get through the line and I try to make these requests, it's like, if I got this, like I got this, I'm like, who shot John? I, when I say some of these requests, I'm like, what? You know, they look at me crazy, and I'm like, I can see you can't pull that crap like it's like these these are major artists because you know they always say that we're trying to play major artists or some kind of stuff like that. But it is major artists. Like if I say like it's for it's hilarious. I told somebody about little brother or whatnot, and then they always like, who's little brother? What? I'm like, you ever heard little brother? But then like when they made that song Lil Wayne, all of a sudden like, oh yeah, you the ones that made that song Lil Wayne. It's like, dang, y'all don't remember that kind of stuff there. They made Lil Wayne in a while. He was on subject for the whole song. <laughs> so, Lil Wayne is bipolar. Huh? Where you Sorry? Oh. <laughs> I was at 97.9 on the beat earlier today because, oh. you know, they're in the Valley View Mall. I live right across the street from them. <laughs> I know the BS that go on there. But, People got to understand, when it comes to request lines, radio stations have what they call a playlist that they run from four to six months. They will add a one or two songs within that four to six-month time period to that playlist. That's why you're hearing the same songs for four to six months. Then they'll switch it up. But in that time period, they will only add uh, one or two new songs. Anything outside of that playlist, they ain't going to play Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about you know certain things um, in the, in Michigan um, as far as the radio stations. Um, they they have a plethora of of songs they play because you can be sitting there and you hear some stuff that was played in '92, and then you and they'll go back. Um, I think I have to agree it, it's biased. It has as far to be as on request, their playlist though. With, with the request, it has to be on their playlist. Of course, they scan your your they scan you before you even get on air anyway. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so you could say, well, let me hear such and such and such and such, 
and then they don't play, you know what I'm saying, they're not going to put that on air. And that's what I, I told, I was talking to somebody from uh, 105, and I said, you know, or, um, excuse me, 102.7, like, you should still let that person go through. Instead of blocking the call or saying, oh, we don't have that, I'm like, that, that's BS. That's bull. Because who really, in reality, you know what I'm saying, as far as just wanting to hear Lil Wayne or hear Young Jeezy, you know what I'm saying, and not have that opportunity to hear those local artists. But on my, in Detroit, they, on FM 98, they have a whole hour section for local artists. They allow local artists to call in and freestyle. They allow local artists to, to submit their music if it's edited and play it. And if, they, and, and if the people want to hear it, the next play it again. Yeah, some stations do that. You know, they'll have like you know contests to add a new local to a new local <clears throat> artist to their playlist. But you know that kind of fizzles. It'll come, it'll be hot. People support it, then it'll die. Oh, that's been going on in Detroit for like uh, since I was born. Yeah, pretty much. They've been doing that for a grip. They they've been this long. It's every it's uh, at eight o'clock. Eight eight o'clock. Yeah, they do that. They do. They've been doing that for a minute. People. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they've been doing that for a hot minute here. Okay, guys, we got someone else that also is one of guests on the panel. That's Dark Knight. Are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Dark Knight's here. Yeah, I'm in the house. I'm in the house. <clears throat> um, I just wanted to say something because a lot of people. I mean, I know, I know, I know. Us, I know some of y'all dog talked on a lot of stuff, but there's one thing that we didn't discuss about the internet poets. <clears throat> um, there are some people that either whether they just write poetry or call themselves poets that only post their stuff because they're not comfortable at, at they're not they are reached a point where they're comfortable um, either reading in front of other people or they don't like the sound of their own voice. Mm-hmm. So for, for those type of people, you can't really knock them. And then if you actually think about how poetry began, um, you know, when poetry, when, when, when poetry was at its heyday, um, <clears throat> way before we were born, there, they, you didn't have an, an audience where you could actually go out and read it. So everything was in, in, in written form, like the classic poets with Elizabeth Bear Browning, um, Edgar Allan Poe, all of them, it was only on paper. So you have some poets that are just in that classic venue that because they went to school and they studied poetry and got you know, their degrees in education, that's the only um, venue that they use and they don't feel, and a lot of, a lot of true classic poets don't feel that spoken word is actually poetry when there's a difference between a written poem, a written poet, and somebody who performs spoken word. It's all under poetry, but you have two, you have two different classes, and you have some that cross over from one genre to the other, but, you know, you have some that don't. Just like me, I'm, I'm more so of somebody that writes their poetry and lets other people read it, but I've gotten to the point where I want people to hear my poems the way I read them because if I'm reading one of Ms. D's poems and I read it the way I want to read it, I'm not getting the way that she, I'm not getting all the emotion that she put into it until I hear it from her because I can guarantee you there were poems that I, of hers that I read that I read it the way I would read it, but when I heard her read it, it took a different it took on a different meaning to me and I got more and I got that much more out of it by hearing her do her own piece versus what I did. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm like knocking. Trying to highlight here is that poet, um, you know, we're, you're not getting the feeling of the poem, but I can understand where you're coming from. By poets is not ready to go to, go to that step yet. 
I can understand that, but you got to go through that step. I mean, I've seen some poets for years that has not moved on. And, and I, I agree with that. But And I say, you know, I'm not knocking Internet poets, but I feel like you go to somebody's page and their their poem looks like a four-page, like a, a turntable. That's going to be very <laughs> hard for me to read. It's yeah. all about how, if you're going to not, if you don't want to speak it, that's fine, but you're going to have to know how to write it in a way that people will sit there and take the time out to read it. You can't just grunt up a whole poem and then expect somebody to sit there. You know you got people with ADD and can't focus. You got to do, you know what I'm saying? Can I say something? Look, look there. Go ahead. You can say something. Um, Well, you know, there's many different avenues of our craft, and there are paper poets, people who write specifically for their work read. Then there are spoken word artists who create their work to be performed. And then there are people who just write and occasionally like to read their work. You know, and I think that if you if you go to someone's blog and it's probably super long or something, that's probably a performance piece. Um, some people don't know the difference when they Actually, when they most performance pieces aren't that long. Well, it depends on who's doing it. I can name a handful of people who do nine-minute pieces. So I think slam artists, I mean, because there's a time limit on when you slam. So, yeah, it can't be that long. Yeah, and a lot of venues would not let you get up there with a nine-minute poem. That's right. Like, I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that's okay, but I'm saying no, I'm saying if you do are, it once, they will tell you. They're like, hey, next time, you know, don't do that because we've got a lot of people getting on the mic. They will know, walk up to you and tell you. I also know places in the Bay Area where people can go on as long as they want. They they just do. And I see them come back again and again. It does not make a difference. That, it just depends on the venue. It depends on a lot of different elements to go around it. But I, my, my point was, um, you know, everything ain't for everybody. And I, it, in defense of Internet reading, I think it serves its purpose to a lot of people who are afraid to go out and perform. You know, I, I do both. I do both, but I don't get to go out to venues as much as I like to because I have a family and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's hard for me to get out at night or whatever. But um, I, I, I think that it serves its purpose. I think all of these things should be um, respected in their own right. place. And there's no disrespect intended on any Internet poll because um, I guess I can characterize myself as one. We all were at mm-hmm. some point to express ourselves, but at the same time, what I'm trying to get at is what is the root cause of of just being an Internet poor? Why can't you move on? Why don't you want to express in, to the world, And I mean, what, what is meant to be? You know, I understand. I understand. Blame that all on being shy because a lot of poets are nervous or shy when they get up to the mic, even if they're a seasoned, you know, performer, because you don't know how the energy of that audience is going to be. Lady Blue just said, why do they have to? But that, I need her to elaborate, elaborate on that. Why do they have to? Mean what? Why do they have to go out and to, do more? No one has to do nothing but stay black and die. I just want to know why. You cannot Ooh. have a career in poetry if you're just an Internet poet. I'm sorry. No, you can't. But you can have 50 million people go to your little poetry show, go to your little uh, poetry forum, but I'm going to tell you this, 
they're not going to buy your CD. They ain't going to buy your book. You might have five at a uh, Poetic D. How many people you say in your group? A thousand, four thousand? Four thousand members. Four thousand members. She said it herself. Only three of them have even come to her show to get on the mic. Mm-hmm. But if you're just an Internet poet, and she does a lot more, if you're just an Internet poet, don't rely on them uh, people to come and support your product. They you're only going to get a hand They think that what it, that's what it is, and there's a lot of poets out there that's only posting online and really think they're going to blow up because there's so many people online, but that is not enough. It no, is I'm famous on the Internet. They <laughs> 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 tell their friends. All right, guys, look, i got to take a break here. Um, they all stay on the line, understand that the lines will be open. So, um, mind be mindful of that. We're going to take a short break. We're going to be back, okay? All right, all right everyone. All right. All right. <laughs>
All right, and we're back with Poetry After Dark's first topic, so Internet Poets. Um, before I bring everybody back on, I want to get out to the chat room. Is there any poets out there that has not done anything outside the Internet? Please feel free to call in. I want to get your input on this. I have 610 that wants to um, get on in the conversation, 832 and 305. I'm opening you all up. Hello, Poetic. <laughs> Hello. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. It's fuzzy, but I can hear a little bit. It's fuzzy. Yo, what's going on? Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay, hold on. I'm here. Yeah, we can hear you. Who was that? Okay. <clears throat> That's Jay Real. Jay Real. Hey. Hey, what's going on, everybody? How you guys doing? Hey, Jay Real. What's going on, Jake? What's going what's on, up, everybody? Jake? I heard a conversation getting getting real heated. Indeed. No, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I knew. I mean, I knew it was going to be a touchy subject, but it just, well, once you start thinking about it, it just really it bred it bred life, and it it was a very good topic to bring up. Yeah, and the only thing is, I don't think um, that one show, one hour, is not going to really do it justice um, because there's so much more to this topic than we can possibly touch on in an hour. Because I think it was. Um, I want to say it was Epiphany that was saying, I think it was Epiphany, that said, you know, there, and I said earlier, there are many different forms, uh, many different aspects to poetry. And, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody can be a spoken word artist. Some people can only be uh, paper poets. Um, and I think, I think it was Lady, I think it was uh, Epiphany was talking about this. But one thing that I have a problem with some of the paper poets is that when they do post their stuff on blogs, it's written in paragraph form. And not in um, the form where you know you can where you can see like the rhyme scheme or okay. the lines because you know poet a lot of poetry a lot of poetry is about rhythm or about okay. rhyme schemes and if you write it in paragraph form um, nobody's really going to read it because it's okay it's like I'm reading a story and like if I don't really want to pick up a book what makes you think I want to sit in front of my computer screen and read your paragraph. And I'm sorry, I just want to get my two cents on it real quick. And we got to really think about what we're saying. I mean, it's good conversation, but what we got to think about what we're saying and how we're saying it. Because what we're doing is we're, we're saying as ourselves, as a people, we don't read. And that's something that we need to steer away from because that is an issue. And, um, you know, not to touch on race, but it is a major issue in the African community. It's the reason why we're held down as a people. So in a way, we need to flip that. And what can we do to start challenge ourselves to read more? Let's look at it like this. Let's be real about uh, what's going on because poetry is the key. It is a gateway to get everything open out there. So it's poetry. Um, is I, w- I, w- I would like to say it's more of a key to get things in more perspective. But another thing I wanted to touch on that you guys were talking about is um, – online, like there's no market for online sales. Now, I heard everybody's opinion on that, and I really, really would have to disagree with everybody on the panel today because um, what the way the music, and this is coming from somebody who's dealing with the labels, dealing with somebody in distribution. We had a current distribution deal with a company called Selecto Hits. I don't know if everybody's familiar with them, but um, because of the current state of the market and the industry not really knowing where the market is going, online sales for the first time in history has passed 
um, digital tangible distribution sales. So will we agree that we need to have physical stuff out there? We need to be out there doing stuff. Let's and not online sales of what market the online sales meaning digital distribution online sales, sales of what that's meaning that meaning online sales meaning like uh, no I know what online sales mean but you're speaking of online sales of what I mean online what? sales from from from. And I'm going to give you the outlets, meaning dis- digital distribution, meaning uh, via Rhapsody. There's a company called Rhapsody. There's iTunes. iTunes. No, no, we know one. about those, but we're saying you're speaking of online sales of what? We're talking uh, about poetry. Are you talking about online sales of poetry? I'm talking we're about We're talking about online market. sales of poetry. Exactly, and, uh, exactly. CDs and because, poetry books. Correct. Because of so the you're speaking in general market. online sales. Yeah, okay, because of the current hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. Let me bring it. Let me bring it back because the current state of the market, the current state, and I'm talking about the market. Period. If you're selling anything, music, everything, the current state of the market is gearing towards internet sales, and we have to look at the current state of the outlet. Look at things of what they're doing with poetry, open music, all these other outlets. Now, where you guys made a point was right. You have to get out there. We have to put the message out there. We have to get the spoken word artists out there, but we have to open up the venue. Let them know that we have. We don't can't control our music, meaning spoken word poetry, we will lose it. We, we will be susceptible just like the hip-hop artist was, and then it will corrupt our um, our genre. So right now we're in a state where we're able to control that. We need to show the value of our art, and we can do that by controlling it through online sales. So I think it's very marketable. I think that's something that we need to touch on, but as a, as a way you guys presented it, we all need to be doing our part as far as getting that message out there. I definitely agree with that. That's true. And real quick, six ten. I have your line open three oh five five two seven. Your line is open if you have a comment or you want to come in on the Hello, hello, hello. This is Lady Blue and thank you, Jay Real, for coming in here. <laughs> yes. I'm you telling you because there is you can use the internet to practically everybody's selling everything on the internet. My only problem is that everybody that comes online is not out to sell their book or make their their um some of them are just trying to get the exposure, get the, the courage to to go a little further, you know. And then when they get the the critiques, I think they can take it a little better online than they can face to face with somebody talking about them reading or somebody talking about uh, they're not really a spoken word artist or someone saying that was really a rap piece or a hip hop piece and not this and not that, you know. So and you know, people come on here a lot of times it uh, there's a lot of talent out here, but there's also people that just want to um exercise themselves and try it you know everybody's not out here to to make a buck and what happens is that those that are here to make a buck get mad at the ones that don't you know you do you if this is what you want to do you don't come on internet all the time you go out there in the venues you know but those that want to come here it's a safe haven for them and who do you know they may inspire somebody else to write a better piece on the same topic that they decided to write about it's all that judging that just really really gets to me and it's like who's the expert here Correct. But but on the flip side of that, we do need judges, and and I'm gonna give you a reason why. Honest judges. Honest judges. People get mad here if you if you don't like their piece. And I'm not talking about judges to where you get sit here and get criticized. For that level of support as far as, like, if you're really trying to get yourself out there, let's be honest. We do need people who want to critique. We do need people to build confidence and give other people um, a chance to grow. So, in a sense, we do need that. We do need the Simon, I guess you could say Simons of the spoken word, because if you're really trying to strive to make it, let's be honest, it's very competitive out here. If you're shy, you're going from what the, what the guy said, if you're going from being a poet to 
a spoken word artist, that's a huge transition. So if you're not very social, then we do need those people out there to critique. But one more thing I did want to touch on, and then I'm going to let you guys go because you guys are doing an excellent job, is um, poetry in the sense of of we're not looking at it. We're looking at it from somebody inside the U.S. I'm I'm speaking on a fan of poetry, and I'm learning more and more about the art form every day. Poetry is everything. And Japanese, they have different type of writing styles, calligraphy, art. So there's so many different types of form of poetry. And uh, when we say poetry and, and how it uh, pertains to spoken word, understand that it's, it's intertwined with the same thing. It is voice. It is the word. It, you know, God said it, and the Bible started with the word. So we got to understand the word is the power. So if we can transition that and we can pick up and learn from our, our, our sister, because, you know, hip-hop, that's the baby. That, that came out of spoken word. We can learn from that mistake. We can get the art form to where it needs to be, you know, and, and keep it pure. Because when we, when we lose that, then we lose everything. You were so uh, Mr. Dr. I, I love you. <laughs> uh, we yeah, all love you. That was J.D., right? Oh. J. Real. J. Real. Okay, <laughs> I, agree, I agree with what he was saying. However, one, uh, I just wanted to make two quick points. He's right. Digital uh, sales across the board on a lot of different platforms has changed the, you know, it's changed the game. However, nobody's done research to find out how that's really affecting Poetry and spoken word sales. That's what I was trying to get at. That's what I was trying yeah, to ask and, him about. And, Nobody's and done that research that yet. Well, let me let me answer that for you because I'm part of an organization called Poetry Over Music that has put out over 170,000 free CDs, free poetry CDs, and and out there. So as far as growing it, you make a great point. I'm gonna back your point. We do need something tangible. We do need something to get out there in sales. But the way we have to do it, we have to build our market in order to build that and control yes. it. And a good way of doing that, like you just did, give it away free. That's a great way to build. Not just free though, because we don't want to. We want we want artists to make a living off what they do. It's great to keep something for free, but let's be honest. There's artists who who are out here doing this every day for a buck, and they don't even make a change. That's why when we have the people like Black Ice reach out to us, Poetry Shihan, all of those people, we're humbled and we're just like, okay, these these guys. We look at them as big figures, but they're they're on their grind every day. They're trying to make a living and feed their families off poetry. And, and, it yeah, hurts and we were talking about artists, that earlier, like, how they and have it hurts me. It hurts me when we see artists like Soldier Boy and all these other stuff that's just whack and you know that but it's it's, it's about it's about showing the showing the value in our art form and we can do that by controlling it, by creating that online base. So we need that because the online sales is the future because there's no corporation that come in there. It started with MySpace. MySpace is living proof. That was just something somebody developed and they came and they eventually sold it. But we don't have to do that. We can control our art form and we can make people come see the value in what we have. That's but, um, true. Yeah. See, think about it. What a lot of people don't understand is things have to be marketable. That's why you got crap out there like Soulja Boy. He happened to be marketable. Do I like his music? No, I think it's crap. But it was marketable to a demographic. Uh, when Neo Soul became very popular, a lot of people look at it as a trend now, but when it blew up, a lot of those artists come, came from spoken word backgrounds. And instead of embracing their spoken word roots and including it on their albums, a lot of them chose not to. Or if they did, it would be one piece at the very end of the CD. Uh, Deaf Poetry. Uh, Russell Simmons, he signed Black Ice, never released the album. Black Ice uh, went on with another company and released his album, which it was a good album. But their accountants and figureheads, they couldn't. They crunched the numbers, and they were like, "Hey, we ain't gonna make no money off this project." 
But they did make money off the Broadway show. They made a ton of money. So we got to ask ourselves, if a company like Def Jam can't see how to properly market and make money off spoken word, what does that leave the rest of us? Well, can I answer that? This is no, um, you know. I think someone doesn't want to really out, go out there and take the chance out on it, but poetry does have a long way to go. Whoever, I'm not sure what your name is. Mina Holiday. How are you guys oh. doing? Hi. Hi, hi, hi everybody. Hi, I've been wanting to say something, but I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm really um, sitting down. I was standing when I first called, but I'm sitting down right now, and I'm going to tell you guys why. Um, I, I'm a promoter. And uh, I started promoting poetry uh, shows, spoken word sessions, open mics in South Florida on the beach at the Art Cafe. I, I went to many, and I just started going online and making this one of the greater venues, a bigger part of what I do. Um, just very recently in the last, if you look at the day I joined Blog Talk, that's when it started for me online. I also started out on paper. My poetry, I started writing when I was 12 years old. That's when I started realizing that hell is on earth, right here, right now. Like no one could tell me about any hell underground that I would go to because I realized that it was a hell right here where I'm at. And if it was worse than this, I mean, you know, it comes back. I guess it's like 360. It gets so bad that it's good or something because it's horrible. So I started to write as a way of healing, and I wasn't ready to share and bear my soul to everybody. I wasn't ready, but you know what? My shit is fire right now because people can relate to the pain that I have. And I have found my way. I found myself through my poetry, through my words. And I just wanted to say that for the Internet poets on behalf of them because I once was one of them. <laughs> I started out saying, I started out being too scared to get on that mic because the mic intimidated me. It meant I had to face who I was and then not only face it, but show you guys everything and allow you to scrutinize and to criticize me. And you know what? Now I'm not afraid of it because I face what I went through, which is far worse than anything you could say to me about my poetry, whether it's good enough, whether I sound like I'm, you know, I, I, I'm making sense or it's not rhyming right or it sounds like hip-hop or it sounds like this or that. It doesn't even matter to me now because I'm being true to me. I'm not saying that to hit anybody here. I'm saying that just to just from that one perspective. Now I'm a spoken word artist. I am currently, you know, recording an album right now that I started back in 03. I hope I'm not telling my age. And then, you know, I work with a, a, a whole diverse group of people. One of the writers on, my, on, on the album, because I have other people doing some ghostwriting as well, one of the writers on the album is, you know, he's a middle-aged white guy, and he's so cool. Tim Herringbone, and this is his label that's doing this, and they, they really believe in what we're doing, and they have an interesting understanding about what's going on with poetry that just really goes against what we believe as the poets here that really don't have the knowledge that we'd like to have about what's going on in our industry. Um, they're all about moving units, they're all about making money, and they're all about not wasting their time or anyone else's time. They're trying to get this thing moving, and when I say poetry over music, they are writing every piece of it, every horn. There's no Fruity Loops, Pro Tools, none of that going on. They are actually literally um, laying out all the tracks by raw with guitars and 
violins and everything. And the reason why I'm bigging that up is because we have to put the integrity back into what we're doing. It is not up to anybody else, Def Jam, Poetry, whatever, any other venue, they do it the way they do it. Soldier Boy did it the way he did it, and that nigga's paid. Excuse my language. He's paid, and it doesn't matter how ridiculous he sounds. And yes, he took the integrity out of the art, the 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 art of uh, hip hop, and the attention out of it, the me- the message it was supposed to give. He's not doing that now, today. But look at how people grow up. You start out singing Michael Jackson, Tweety Lee, uh, Rock and Robin. And then he ends up seeing things like getting together with every top hip-hop artist in the 83, talking about we are the world, trying to bring us together and unite us. So let, let Soldier Boy grow up and allow us as poets to grow up as well. And I'm only saying that because I feel like in order for us to get better at this thing we do, we have to build and we have to bring back the community and stop knocking each other down. We have to teach each other. If you know better, than teach someone. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I love you guys so much. Thank and I you. love coming Dana. through here. Dana, I appreciate that. No problem. And I'm going to step off so you guys can talk about me too. Cause I'm a <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. I'm a sucker middle child. So if you just talk about me all day, I'll be loving it. If it's bad, it's great. So <laughs> I'm a diary of an ex-internet poet. <laughs> I'm not angry, guys. I'm not angry. I'm passionate. I'm passionate. I, I just, I just got something I want to say uh, to, to, to the lady just called Anna J. Real. Um, one of the things about that I do with my po- with my poetry site, Poetic Uprising, like I typed in the chat, typed in the chat room, is that not only do I just have it, uh, have it there so people can write themselves, express themselves in poetry, um, I will like go find, you know, I, I try and educate everybody on my site. I put, I, I, you know, I study poetry. I'll find the different poetic forms, and then I'll like, okay, you know what? Like I said, this month, okay, I want everybody. I, I told everybody what an acrostic poem was, and I'm challenging everybody on my site, all 261 people on my site, to write an acrostic poem. Out of the people that's on my site, maybe about 12 of them are doing it, and one person who's actually in the chat room who has never done it before, uh, Miss Squirtress, has excelled in writing an acrostic poem once she found out what it was. So, like the lady said, we not only have to encourage people, we have to educate them on not just on spoken word, but on the entire scope of poetry so we can all become better artists. Definitely. Definitely. Poetry Uprising, you said? P-O-E-T-R-Y-U-P-R-I-S-I-N-G? No, it's it's Poetic Uprising, and the website is www dot poetic p o e t i c uprising u p r i s i n g dot com. Okay. I mean, I'll get off my lazy button, walk to my computer, and type in the chat room. Just I'm nowhere near my computer right now. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I put it in, and I'm getting something else. So I, I'm not in the site. I'm just on the phone with you. So I'm hoping that okay. You know, if if you can clear that up for me, because I'm I'm somewhere else. Um, I'm on yeah. GoDaddy. <laughs> Okay, I'll do it again. It's www, and you have to put the www in it, or it's, or it's going to take you right to GoDaddy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's www.poetic.com. Okay, you're my friend on my face. I mean, on Facebook. Um, yeah, I think I asked yes, you, you um, last Saturday when last you were week. 
Yeah, last week when we we won we won this show. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Great. Yeah. yeah they, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The way the way yeah, the way Lady Blue just typed it in the uh, in the chat room. Yep. Okay, guys. Can I ask you a question? What are you guys taking any um, poets tonight? Because I did something for Juneteenth that I'd love to share with you all. This has been a real hot topic. I did not expect the turnaround to be this big. Um, I will try to get some open mic in in the last 30 minutes, but we still. Uh, I feel like we need to touch some more on these internet poets. Okay. But definitely, stay on the, if you can't stay on the line, because I'm going to try to get y'all in. i got a couple of people that do want to sit tonight, and I don't want to let that go. By all means, we got to promote our poetry. So I'm going to get it in. Okay, cool. Okay. Okay, I got 313 back on the line. Uh, 770, your line is open as well if you want to um, have, com- have a comment or we'll have you on the subject. Anyone? What's going on, sis? All right, Eric. What's that? Um, I'm, <laughs> how y'all doing tonight? I'm listening to the different um, comments that's been made, and I kind of came in like you know during the middle of the conversation. So I'm, you know, I'm what I'm what I'm basing my conversation on my um or my comment on is the latter part of the conversation. All right, in regards to what the gentleman that was saying, you know that uh, if I and please correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but like the 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 internet sales for um for uh, poets are like basically non-existent. Well, that that's for a couple of reasons. Number one, the poets themselves, right? They they don't really know how to market themselves, how to promote themselves properly. I mean, ninety-five percent of these poets out here, whether they be internet poets, you know, performing artists, spoken word artists, or what have you. Basically, you know, they'll be on stage at an open mic or at a poetry venue. They'll do that. And, you know, they really don't have any concept of what, like, you know, the true business behind this is. So when they decide to make a CD, nine times out of ten, it's not done professionally. And, like, you know, they're just content with selling that CD at an open mic. And then when, you know, you get ready to have those individuals who are, quote, unquote, more seasoned in, um, in regards to the business of what we do, you know, they take the time, they learn the ins and outs of, as far as promotion and marketing. So those individuals have a greater success. Sometimes you have to invest money into your own site. Sometimes you have to invest money into basically taking your time and going to a professional studio as opposed yeah. to just doing something in the closet, as opposed yeah. to basically just snatching somebody else's beat. So once you take the time and you learn the ins and outs of what the business is, of what you do, and we all should do that if you are really serious about your craft and as far as making money off your craft. Just like you rehearse your um, your piece every night and every day, you should learn something about the business of what you do every night and every day. And a lot oh, of that's us don't do that. Yeah. Eric, Eric, can I ask you something? If, if I'm correct, you are one of the handful of poets or artists or writers, whatever you want to call yourself, because Cousin Squirrel, you call yourself a lot of things, but... You are one of the rare people I know who does make his living from his craft. And and what I was trying to say when I was typing into the chat room that I do know a handful of people, and they, you know, downtrodden and sleeping in their cars. I I do know a handful, including yourself, Eric Moore, but there are some people who do make their living. Max Parker's Tribal Reign. Uh, you know, that yourself, there's a bunch of people who are so dedicated to their craft that they have created their own income. And um, I just wanted to get that out there that, 
you know, they're not, you know, I think Wise Slave said they're probably having to stay at people's houses and do this. I doubt very seriously if Talon Macy is just staying at people's houses. And, stuff. and I know Eric, <laughs> and Eric, you travel all the time, and I know for a fact you always in a hotel. I mean, it's, I, I mean, I just don't want it, a bad label to be put on it. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be in or, or, or that it's impossible. either. You should not be discouraged because me, I am not completely surviving off my poetry, but hey, guess what? It's paying some bills. Great. And touching on the basis of what Eric said, you got to know the business. There's numerous amount of levels on marketing your um, CD, book, or what have you. I'm going to let you know firsthand. I've been at the flea market. I've been at colleges. I've been my job. I've been at the mall, and I have gained sales. So Mm -hmm. it's dedication. It's your passion for it. If you don't have it, then you will be in that category as an Internet poet. You're just doing it for fun. And and to piggyback on that, too, is that it's not just about the passion. It's it's also about having a professionalism about it. Um, there's a lot of books out there that uh, that that cover it in the hip hop world. Uh, the music business is one of them called the music business. You can kind of ride on a, on that to to know how moving units work, um, you know percentages and how much you're supposed to make in royalties and um, and all that stuff. And a lot of people are using samples and they they're not protecting their own work and they're not they're not getting the proper rights to their samples. So. There's a lot in 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 what uh, Eric gave you that you would pay about forty five bucks for for a book to um to learn just now. He just gave you like a little gist of it. Sorry, I used to be in artist management, so I, I mean this is a lot, a lot, a lot of valuable information that he's giving you. Is that you've got to learn the business. You've got to learn how that works, and it's not just about your passion and your ability to do it. You have to also have the wherewithal to make it happen in a way that's going to successfully carry you in a career and, and really complement your craft. That's I'd like to say one, so like to say one, one thing also. In regards, um, I'm not sure what your lady made the comment as far as, um, you know, Talana Tal- Tal- AC or myself or other poets not really sleeping in hotels, you know, rather, rather not sleeping in their cars. All right, that's a process. I mean, it's it's like with any artist, whether you be in spoken word poetry, on be hip hop. You know, until you get known, until you basically, you know, your name is recognized and you create a demand for yourself. No one's gonna pay you money if they don't know you. No one's gonna know you if you take the time. If you don't take the time to go to these open mics, if you don't create a demand for yourself, if you don't put the work in, no one's gonna take. No one's gonna want to pay you. For something that's unproven and untested in their eyes, you can be the hottest spoken word artist poet on the planet. If these person, if these people have never heard of you, right? They're, they're not going to support you. Form, they're not going to support no. you. So this, so this is what you have to do as an artist. Because I mean, there's, t- I mean, when I first started out, yeah, we was, I mean, uh, the very first tour, or one of the first tours that I went on, all right, it was like maybe 20 of us in a bus. We wound up crashing at two people's home. We, we was basically sharing like um, corner space on the floor with no beds. That's how hungry we are, or well, we were at that time. And that hard work and dedication paid off for certain individuals who are really serious about their craft. There you go. You got to have passion. That's all it's about right there. Guys, I'm going to spend about 10 more minutes on this subject. I still got poets that don't want to go ahead and sit, so by all means. From everyone, that line is open from the guest, my special guest that I had on, Diamond J, that we didn't say too much tonight. Um, 
Steady J, DVD. Um, all you guys, if you have a final thought on this, please speak on it because we're going to close out on this subject in a bit. Okay, well, can I say one thing about the whole Internet poet thing? <laughs> People, they claim, okay, I post this, it's mine, I don't want nobody to judge, but you're putting your poetry on a public forum. People are going to judge it. I hear a lot of these uh, poetry shows where the hosts don't even know what the poem was about. They're just like, oh, that was good. Every poem, they're like, that was good, that was great. There's no comment on the actual piece to let you know that, hey, did the poet even, did the host even understand what the piece was about? But that's the but bottom line. Awesome. You can't grow if you just want everybody to tell you how good you are. Well, being that type of life, you got to step the bitter with the sweet. I mean, everybody's not going like to like your stuff. I was talking with Epiphany about this. You got to accept that everybody's not going to like your stuff. I got my stuff on our stage right now. I'm going to tell you, everybody don't like it, and it's cool because it's me. And I'm going to keep putting on me. I'm not going to be Tiffany. I'm not going to be Lady Blue. I'm not gonna, I got to be Miss Poetic B. I got to be me. So, I mean, you got to understand that you can't be in this type of game and want to be a writer and want to be a poet and, and get your work out there and not know it or not have the mind frame that everybody ain't going to like it. Right. Um, yep. Right. Yes, they cry when funny. somebody critique and say they don't like it, or they critique the poem, and they're not kissing their butt. So, they, how are you gonna say this about my poem? People are scared. They're too too damn sensitive. They do not want somebody to critique their work yet. They keep putting it out there. And they even though people say good critique the just because somebody doesn't like it doesn't even mean it's not good. People have different preferences. Oh, yeah. and you cannot please everybody. You find your audience and you work that audience. Yeah. You know, I don't like everybody's pieces and everybody don't like my pieces. You know, I find the audience that does. You know, I don't go to mics like I one place I went and everybody was angry as the Dickens and each person that came up was was madder than the next person in the whole bit and I come up there with a love poem and was nobody trying to hear it. They were polite in the whole bit, but I didn't like that venue, so I've never been back. Right. You have to know your audience to do that. Exactly. Exactly. Any art, you have to find your art. That goes to any art period. You have to find your audience, and eventually, you—I mean—it's going—it's going to boom out. And then there's some people that didn't before. You know, they're probably just falling in crowd, so that's why they probably didn't necessarily appreciate it. And some those people are going to become supporters eventually too. So you have to first start with find the, your niche first. Find to find that crowd that's going to like you talk to them. It's kind of like how we all say. Then okay, let's say for instance, only two people came to our shows here on Blog Talk. And me and like when I say that, it's like I really mean that because you are gonna find those people that like when I first started, it was like it, it was if I got two people, it was something. And like you, like you have to figure out what those people like, and then eventually you can build up, build off of that, and then your audience starts to build. And build them, and then you get more of a diverse audience, and then your works just starts to, to um starts to show that as well. All right, can I say something real quick, and, I, and I'll just back up out of this? Erica Badu said something like a while ago. She's like, "I'm an artist, and I'm sensitive about my shit." That right yeah. there, yeah. that <laughs> line is so so true. So, with that being said, if you're going into like you know this particular genre of work, or any genre of entertainment, you have to have 
thick skin and big ears. And what I mean by that, you can't let every comment that doesn't, how should I say, help you, break you down. You can't let, you can't do that. And you got to be willing to listen to somebody who is whether like trying Absolutely. to help help you or not. And if you can't do that, you shouldn't be in this um this particular craft. Real talk. All right. Yeah, then I'll say something to piggyback we'll on talk, that. We'll talk, Eric. We'll talk. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of Cat Williams. We all need haters in our lives. Amen. I mean, because if, see, if everybody loved your work, then you're not going to get no better. You're going to stay exactly where you are. But if you have people that don't like what you say, okay, now you're going to like, okay, wait a minute. So what can I do now to, like, get the people that like my stuff, that still like my stuff, but get the people that don't like my stuff, too. See, you, like there's an old saying, you can you will never satisfy all the people all the time. All the time. But there the one go. thing that you always you have to have people do, like that in your life in order right. to see the right. one, one thing you. that you always have to do, and this is this is where a lot of uh, and it's just not not just poets, but hip hop artists artists period. You have to stay true to yourself. Don't sell out just to make some money because mm-hmm. if you sell out to make money then you've done a bigger disservice uh, you've done a bigger disservice not only to this craft but the people that come behind you because like wait a minute, hold on and like dude you was like on fire but now all of a sudden you done sold out now you're doing all this pop radio bubblegum stuff and i used to look up to you so if you gonna sell out then where, where where's my inspiration mm-hmm. yep. i, think I, I see a lot of writers they will sell out like street lit. It, it's become very pro- profitable to a lot of uh, companies, a lot of publishers. You have a lot of writers. They will downgrade their intelligence just to write the street lit stuff and get published. Right. Because they right. want the money. Love they let story. the money affect them. That's yeah. why I say earlier part in this show, I choose, I want to self-publish. It's all on yeah. me. I'm not going to sit there and, and do something that I am not. I'm not. I can't. You can't do that. You're not going to uh, put out there what you truly are, as far as your poetry is concerned. The biggest hustle, legal hustle in the literary world, or what they call readers. Basically, you pay me to read your manuscript. I critique it and give it back to you. I'm not editing your work. All I'm doing is reading it and giving you my opinion. It's a legal thing. It's been around for you know years. You can you can post an ad right now. People will send you stuff, pay you whatever fee just to read it. A lot of publishers do that too. You know they'll charge you a reading fee. They won't edit it. They'll just give uh, read it and critique it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. The more you and this is a good thing about self publishing. You learn this stuff. You learn about agents. If you deal with an agent, he's telling you to pay him a retainer fee. Run. He's probably not a serious agent. Agents are only supposed to make money off you when they've done if something. You right. Okay. Um, Can I just say something, D? I, I I just wanted to say, in my opinion, there's a difference between critique and criticism. Like D and I bounce stuff off of each other a lot in private, but it's critique, which is intended to help. Criticism, oftentimes, is just I don't like it. Critique mm-hmm. has something has something more substantial to offer the the person who's uh, asking or maybe not asking for your opinion. And back to that thing about on shows where everybody says everything is good. I think it depends on the format of the show. Like Mother Metaphor show is 
a show set up that when you call, she is going to critique your work. Everybody knows it. That's but the way it is. It. If you yeah. don't want it, if you don't want it, then you don't call her show. That's what her show is set up for. My show well, is that's not for the set internet up. poets. That no, no, she set that, that up to, to help you read your writing. They want to post their work all over the net, but they don't want anybody to critique it. No, she set it up for it to be an education. And and you agree that you're in a classroom when you go to her. Right. She's a poetry teacher. Yeah, people calling in to show But you don't want to go. I feel like this, and I I spoke about this before. Yeah, she has a critique show, and and those that want to go in and get critique by all means. But I mean... Who's to say her critique is? I mean, hello. Like, I mean, what makes her critique right? But know, if, sorry, you're willing, if you're willing to do that, it's still okay. It's not to say that she's the final word on all poetry exactly. and she's making a li- She got a yeah. job too. She's not making a living. All you know what I'm saying? But yeah. if you, you respect you her and you want somebody, that's what I'm saying. If you want her, uh, if you want right. that. It's all well and good. You understand what I'm saying? But people coming on trying to express their their poetry in an open mic and coming on your show, they're not coming for critique. They're coming right. to showcase their work, and, exactly. and that's it. There's mm-hmm. channels and places you go where somebody can critique you or somebody will ask you, what did you think of it, that kind of so stuff. So how is but that going to help you if everybody... Everybody just, ain't coming here for no yeah. help. Everybody, everybody ain't coming here for no help. Is that who everybody might not be me how it, it kills me how someone as a poet a poet can be out there and say everything should be the way that poet sees it fit. Poetry is in all forms. Marquis tells you all forms of poetry. So I'm not gonna sit up there and say to a person that can call on and sit something that might sound like a rap to me, hey, that ain't poetry. That's not me. That's not for right. me to decide. I agree. Right. Okay. I agree. Those that want my get show it. is a platform. My show is a platform for people you. to share their talent in in, a, in in an environment that is supportive. That is supportive. I don't want nobody to go put their pen down because Tiffany said it sucked. Okay, yeah. um, it is not my place to judge in that in that forum. If you come to me privately and we talk, that's different. Like I was saying about me and Dee or, or me and Mother Metaphor, she's a friend of mine, or whatever. She is, there's, I think there's a time and place for things, and, and the way certain things are set up are not meant for it to be um, an arena for criticism. Um, yeah, limitations and rules that we are putting on poetry, when y'all hear this hip-hop and rap, there ain't no limitations on what they do. Did nobody say this is how you're supposed to rap? I mean, come on. I think y'all missing the big point. Y'all missing the bigger point. And when it comes to poetry, right, there is no such thing as a bad poem. Because Mm -hmm. out of a room of 100 people, if only one person is feeling that piece, then that piece was meant for that one person to hear. It may not be for you to hear. So that's all you need to realize. You do what you do for you. you It's an art form. It's an art form. It's art. It's Picasso. It it was. It, it's Vincent Van Gogh. It's 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 all of that. I mean, it, back in the day, in the earlier times, if you look at poetry, it's always been art. It's always been that way, and it started out as an art form. So you can't look at poetry and say, okay, you know what? It doesn't fit within this box. 
It can't fit within a box because it's self-expression. How can anybody put any one person in a box? You have to accept people as they are, and I think we have a problem with that. I think we're so quick to jump there because we put ourselves in a box. We expect others to put themselves in a box. I don't want to hear me again and again and again. I want to hear Eric Moore. I want to hear Epiphany. I want to hear every single one of you in your own voice, and no one can say any part of that is wrong. It's like saying somebody's question is dumb. If they're, not, if they're confused about something and they need clarity, they need clarity. If they feel a certain way, then you have to accept that that's how they feel. You may not agree, but you have to accept that that's how they feel. And you may not like it, but just like an ugly, fat woman or skinny, ugly, whatever, somebody, somebody out there for everybody in this world. There's going to be somebody out there for them that's going to be like, uh-uh, that's my baby. I wish, I wish you would. I wish you would. And they will step to you as though she is whatever, Halle Berry, Miss Berry. They're going to come for her. The bottom line on that talk, if you do not want to give a lot of credit to Ms. D, Ms. D, I got on her show on Tuesday night. I had two pieces that I read on her show because I was going, I was leaving her show going to a spoken word event. And I wasn't too, I wasn't sure which one I could do. So I ran both of them past her. And she said, well, I like the first one better. I went with her suggestion. I read it. And the crowd liked it better than I would have, than they would have uh, the second one because I was kind of hard. I read both of them. But they, they felt the first one when they did the second one. So I'm glad that I, Ms. D had her form on Tuesday night for me to get that critique before I went out so I knew what kind of, you know, because I was reading to a female audience, so I kind of knew what to expect. So sometimes you do have to put yourself out there to be creeped by your peers so that the people that you're going to read to that just may be average people will have a better understanding of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Bingo. All right. And uh, like uh, it or not, anything you put out there in the public is going to be critiqued. It's going to be judged whether or not they tell you or not. Exactly. So you can't <laughs> just be overly sensitive about your work because you're not going to grow. And see, for the poet, speaking, telling somebody that they're not a poet is two different things, in my opinion. Right. I'm not really speaking on that, but to tell someone that's not poetry, you're not a spoken word artist, is bull. Okay. Some it's people easy. aren't spoken word artists. That's the simple uh, fact of the matter is. All because you write a poem doesn't automatically make you a poet. Why not? I don't. Why, Why not to write a poem? Wait, wait, what makes you a poet? What makes you a poet? It depends on that individual. Me personally, I've been called a poet, and I don't think I deserve that title. I'm a spoken word artist. I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I've earned the right to be called the poet just yet. You see what I'm please, saying? Please elaborate on why. Hold on. Please elaborate on why you don't believe you're a poet. Yeah, because you're a poet to me. Me personally, and this is just my personal feelings about my right. work and who I am. All right, when I, when I when I look, you know, at poets, I look at I look like um, at you know Gil Scott Heron, you know, Amiri Baraka, you know, uh, Nikki Giovanni, Sonia Sanchez, you know, Langston Hughes. You know, to me, those are poets. You know, and even though even though the era in which they did their work is different from mine. The, the the body of their work when when you when you read and when you encompass the entire body of work as in which I do I don't think I've reached that point yet so I feel me personally since I'm very hard on myself I feel I need to you know to better my craft in order for me to feel that I am a poet 
Now, am I content with being called a spoken word artist? Yes, it doesn't hurt me in the least. When I do my pieces, real talk, when I write my pieces, I can give a fuck, excuse my language, if anyone in the crowd likes it or not. The piece is not made. You should never write a piece for someone to like that piece. You should write the piece because you have that in you. And if, exactly. and if someone happens to like it, it's a beautiful thing. And if they don't, that's what you have to get off your chest. That's all that matters. Don't Humility. Thinking yeah. that everyone is going to like your piece, and when they don't, you get your feelings hurt, and all of a sudden you don't want to write anymore, or you don't want to perform anymore. I love your humility, Eric Moore. You just have, he's so humble. And I mean, honestly, if I, if I you're comparing, you, you know, you're, you're talking about people that I that I look up to and that I've 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 been inspired by, and and that made me want to write. So you know, when I was a little girl, I read their stuff, and it said, "Oh my God, they are able to be so raw and express themselves." I want to do this too, so I understand what you're saying. But you are a poet, and I know it's just going to be in my eyes. But and maybe I think everybody can agree. If you have the passion that you have to just see it through to the end, it, that does make you a poet. It makes you a great poet because you're not afraid to step out there and share you. And Beautiful. You, I mean, if you take the time, and I'm just I'm closing out on this too. If you take the time to read other people's poetry and, and, and start back. I mean, I went way back to look at some of the earlier times of poetry. It was totally different than what I'm seeing now. And a lot of poetry wasn't even out no more than five lines. But you got so much meaning from those five lines. I mean, with that being said, Internet poets, spoken word artists, what have you, if you have passion for it, keep doing what you're doing. And understand it. Don't limit yourself just to the internet. If you have love for it, you'll keep going to it. The sky's the limit, pretty much. Um, Steady J, do you have any last words that you want to say? No, I just, um, I just basically want to want to thank people like yourself and E more and like why play those are those you three um just alone are something that are responsible for like just make me instead of just writing to let what what was I was writing come to light and just speak out speak it out and let life be breathed into breathe into it. And I just wanna thank y'all for that. That's basically what I wanna say. Okay. Thank you so much, Eddie, for coming on tonight and discussing this topic with me. I really appreciate that. Um Diamond J, I don't see him online anymore. Uh D V D. Is you are you still on the line? Okay, we lost her as well. Uh, Dark Knight? Okay, my final thought is that, my final word is that, um, like I said, whatever your passion is for poetry, um, excel in it, and, but don't limit yourself because it's, it's, it's so much bigger than what you think it is. Um, whether you call yourself an Internet poet, a forum poet, a spoken word artist, um, it's still poetry because it's like everybody said, it's all about self-expression. Um, there are limits that are out there, but the only limits you put on yourself, the only limits that are out there are what you put on yourself. If you are afraid to uh, get out there and speak in public, do like I did. Before I got on stage, I got on blog talk radio, read my stuff from the comfort of my home on the Internet, talking to my phone to, get, to see how other people were going to do it before I actually went on stage. So if you need to use the blog talk forum to transition from a paper poet, forum poet, internet poet, to a spoken word artist, use the tools that are available for you 
so you can take your craft to the level that you wanted to and beyond that. That's all I got to say on that. All right. Good point. Lady Blue, do you have any last words you want to say? Okay, don't have Lady Blue. Uh, anyone else that mine is open? I have 305 527. Is that you, Nina? Yeah, that's me. I, I said everything. I said everything I was going to say about that. All right, that's just that. Um, all right, um, those that wanted to do pieces tonight, we have 20 minutes, so that's mean if you want to start us off, free to do so. <laughs> yeah, we talked about all these courts. I'm going to be the first to step up to the mic. Hey, I'm ready. Is anybody else ready? I'll step up. Who all said right. that? You know, calling these shows, calling these shows like calling a cousin show, you know, (laughs) it ain't even difficult, you know, it's like fun, you know. Right, right. So, yeah, I can go ahead and do this new piece for you, Dee, if you like. Yes, please do. Okay, here we go. It's called Now and Eternal, and um, it goes like this. Every night I kiss the iridescent stars in great magnificent gratitude for the magnitude of this thing between us is completely immeasurable to the naked eye. The casual observer has no notion, not a single clue, not the average passerby, but the truth stands before us. The truth about me and you in all of its supreme grand splendor. And I never even have to lift a single finger. It's just that damn deep. Words cannot even begin to describe what lies in between you and I. At its core, its center, the nucleus of it all before us is so ridiculously beautiful so completely pure and untainted, unaffected by the world that revolves around us, I want to laugh and cry at the same time, and oftentimes I do. See, my devotion to you is unconditional in every sense of the word. I dare not judge, for it is my place to only lend you my strength in times of trouble and despair. And you, you're always there. You do the same thing even when you don't want to, and I know I can rely upon you. Your kindness, your courage, and your generosity of spirit that often blurs the lines of friendship at times because, well, never mind. Your trust in me travels across the vast universe and lands into the awaiting palms of my hands, waiting to support you in every way I can. I absolutely understand you. It is hard, so hard, I know to believe, but just breathe and everything will start to fall into its rightful place. The invisible thread that ties us to one another never, ever fails. It only grows stronger as each moon passes and the next day awaits. You, my dear friend, are a song. Each note travels down my arm, landing in its predestined home where it belongs, the center of my heart. Wide open, accepting what comes naturally, again, between you and me. It ain't that much of a secret, you see, friendship at its finest, because I love you and you love me. The raw truth is here and now and eternal. Accepting is oftentimes our greatest challenge, but we will manage for the big payback. 
is greater than you and I can ever envision. Like the greatest of religions, we can only have faith, great faith in that which may not appear tangible to our eyes. But everything is not meant to make sense every time. So I stopped trying and got in line with the rest of all mankind and simply started to trust in you, in me, in us. As we come to be closer than close, closer than most intimacy that most cannot begin to conceive, so I'll continue to believe in the uncomplicated, undemanding strength of you and me. See, the pages of the story have turned again and again, and that's my piece. Wow. Man, wow. Oh, Epiphany, that was really, really good. You just wrote that? I wrote it last night, yeah. Oh, wow. man. Spitting like she's been spitting it for years, boy. You, you <laughs> thought you already won with it. Ah, uh, thank you, guys. That's very sweet. Thanks. Man, that was hard. Thanks. All right. Well, so it, was, it was a gift to a friend. Oh. It was requested. <laughs> no, it was requested of me. It requested me to write about our friendship. So, yeah. Aw. So I can do that instead of a gift card now? I'm trying to That's a good that. look. Hello? Guys, I'm still good putting y'all on the spot, though. We got 15 minutes left. Who's the next up to step up to the mic? All right. I'm ready. I got one. This is a dark night. Um, okay. And aptly, this title is going to be called Poetic Uprising. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> um, there is a poetic uprising in my soul. Looking for a spark so it can take hold. I wax like the poets of old. At least, that's what I've been told. I try to write an instant classic as I try and pen some of my lyrical magic. Some of my tales are quite tragic, while at times others may seem a little erratic. My inspiration comes from my imagination and sometimes from life's inspiration. Some are filled with joy and jubilation, while others are filled with trials and tribulations. There is a poetic uprising in my soul looking for a spark so it can take hold. I wax like the poets of old. At least, that's what I've been told. I struggle with this turmoil from within as I try to entertain my fans and my friends. Determine a way to begin to find a tale complete with a, ly- a, a rhythmic spin. Writing about tragedy isn't easy for me because the pain inside of me I don't want you to see. But I must share these tales if I'm ever to be free of the pain and anger that dwells inside of me. There is a poetic uprising in my soul, looking for a spark so it can take hold. I wax like the poets of old. At least, that's what I've been told. And that's that piece. Wonderful. Snaps. Snaps. All right. See poetry. Who's next up? I like that. That was nice. Thank you. I got to go to your website. <laughs> yeah, you should. I mean, I mean, it's it's, it's a lot, of, it's, but it's a lot of good people on there that a lot of people don't know nothing about. I just joined. I'm one of the good people that's on there that a lot of people don't know about right now. <laughs> okay, and who's who's that? No, who's that that said they just joined? It's Nina Holiday. Nina Holiday. Okay, I go ahead and make sure I go on there after I get off of this. Absolutely. Nina, I think you're up next to there. You ready? Yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm not on. Um, I just got through spitting a whole bunch of Juneteenth stuff, and um, 
I don't mind doing it. I'm trying to memorize it, but I have another poem that I haven't spent a lot, and I need to memorize it. So if you guys don't mind, um, it's called Intimidated. I wrote this last week, and it was kind of not a hit for the men, but it wasn't intended to be. Um, I dedicate this to every man that's ever been or is currently intimidated by me. Big ups to you for inspiring this piece. All right. First of all, let me explain something to you. I am not that woman, that one without a clue. I am not thirsty, feeling unworthy, or lost without you. Secondly, if it's just sex you want, you're on a futile hunt because I am that I am because I am, and I understand you clearly, man. It's me that you don't understand. And further, I am not strong because I am bitter. If you liked her better, get with her. I'm not and won't change just because just to be deranged because you really detest my strength. You're the one that's insane. I know you just want to bang. I could go on and on about how I heard it all before, and you heard it all before, and if I said it once more, you'd be significantly bored. It wouldn't settle the score, because you know that I know that's not what you came here for. I know that you are curious about my demeanor, and with a name like Nina, you are convinced I'm a self-professed diva, independent, and no one can please her. You think because I challenge your views, I think I'm perfect. I could tell you how much I beat myself up, but is it really worth it? The point is, if you're interested, if, if I was interested, you and everyone would know by now. See... I ain't that. I ain't casually doing nothing. I'm about that sacred vow. You're asking to see my softer side, and I say only in marriage. Look, <laughs> you're ready to hide. You know, you don't know how many times I've changed who I was to let a man inside, requesting if I do so to let his man move in. His name is Pride. I'm not bitter, mad, or confused. Even if I was, it'd be over bigger issues. Like, for one, if you ever had the pleasure of knowing me, you would be real quick to put out a ring and kneel on one knee. The problem is your lack of effort is why you're fruitless. You think that you can get me because of what your pen status is? Go ahead, love. Settle yourself in whatever you believe. Accomplish those goals that you set out to achieve. I support you. Co-sign you and believe. Just remember this. Learn how to love myself like this from a man. He wants me to be cautious, and he says that if he tells you he can't, nobody can. So you can go on and on about how I have these walls up. Tell me I ain't worth your time to wipe me up, and I will tell you like I tell the rest. I ain't just some nice hips and busts. I'm a phenomenal woman, always have been, and if you want to take this walk with me, to no degree will you get to the root of all things without first being a king that I know and that God knows you are destined to be. And that's the piece. <laughs> Big up, Nina. Wow. Oh, that was tight. That was tight. That was tight. I, I can't wait to read the rest of your stuff. It's all right. I, I, thank you, guys. Loved it. Guys, I got four people with their hands up. Mommies, I want to get everybody on. Robbie, baby, your line is open. You can start in just a moment. 305, if you're calling in, do a piece, please speak on it. Because I got your line open. 832. Yeah, this is 832. I think that's J-Rail. J-Rail? Yeah, this is Jay. What up, Jay? 
What's going on, everybody? You guys are just jamming out, man. I was just listening to the last piece of the show. Okay. Robbie, baby, you're up next. You can go ahead and spit, babe. Okay. This is called Laying the Rose. My My rose upon her is now laying down upon her womanly and flowing crown. This crown that floats just above the water yeah, in which my heart does drown. Someone is speaking. While someone is spitting, can you please be quiet? Thank you. Sorry, Robbie. Okay. Okay. My rose's scent it traces upon her lips, itself upon her lips, the scent of my day spent in lovemaking to her sacred hips, the scent trail of a sweet hibiscus scent of hallucinations of the real and haunted sessions of the lovemaking sessions that were ours alone. Her body floats down the river tide in the evening hour of nighttime's darkened side, and I glance upon a coin on the cold and darkened ground, a coin with the sides mysteriously showing both sides, a side that shows the daytime blaze of our lovemaking day, and a side that shows the nighttime wretchedness of this sorrowful sight, this sight of her body by the tide of a river being conveyed to a land that by me, by my mind, it could never possibly be made. I rest my lips upon her blessed brow just once more before the night time doth take her away to my to land my mind cannot hope to fathom as her love's phantom fathoms sink into my soul and I weep the sobs of sorrow for her death now grown beyond my control. I pray that that rose with its residues of my love's scent trails into what afterlife may be to her soul now born as I continue to move well into the morn. My heart now to utter loneliness and a morbid oath being sworn. I shall close my eyes so that that scent can be imagined, can be scented into the powers of my inner eye, and I will stay here for the rest of my life's days till the shadow of my own river's passages steps to my fate's door, and I shall carry the memory of this scent evermore, this scent of, of that even through eternity cannot be spent. I shall carry it in my memory so that I may find the end of the stream in which I dream our love can finally be reconvened. And now I die, grasping ever more fervently to that rose-scented hibiscus-hinted scent, so that in an eternity sessions of sweet love-making with the woman that I adore more than life itself, it can be spent. And that's Lane the Rose. Mm, it's always a pleasure to listen. You just calm everything down. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just go 360 with the bondage after and <laughs> get everybody all worked up <laughs> <laughs> okay um, 704 I'm trying to bring you through this matrix here hoping I can get you on um, because by all means I do want you to get your teeth out I want you to be heard tonight um, 305 I don't know if that was you that was speaking so rudely like that, but I'm kind of scared to open your lines up again. 704, you're on the air with us? Hey, Miss Poetic D, this is Quiet Storm, spoken word. Not a night without QS. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm blessed. What you have for us tonight? Uh, I got a little something. And as always, I'm going to just jump right into it. I cry because it has been 24 years since my sister last breathed life. I know she is with the Father who art in heaven, 
but I hear my inner voice cry out. Why did you have to leave me? I miss you always, shortcake. I cry as I travel from point A on my way to point B. I see what looks to be an elderly woman with badly swollen ankles, invisible soles on her past beat-up shoes, and teeth that look like she brushed them with charcoal while sitting under a bridge of homelessness. I cry when I see a child wearing clothes three sizes too small, cheeks sunken in for lack of nourishment, and a face so battered, so bruised. It looks as if he just escaped the Holocaust. I cry because in this land of excess and government waste, there are far too many seniors that have to choose between buying necessary medication or buying necessary food to sustain life. I cry and shake my head in anger and disgust because no matter how many times she filed charges, obtained restraining orders, and moved away from him, he kept finding her. And sadly, this time he declared, if I can't have you, then no one can. Now, both are no longer among the living. I cry and ache inside because there are war veterans, especially those that suffer from post-traumatic stress syndrome, that still to this day don't have a permanent home address. I surely cry and go to that what-the-hell state of mind when some bumpy gums try to say that any rape victim brought it upon themselves because of their outer dress. You see, there's a jacked-up, bizarre-world mindset when the victims become the perpetrators. I get pissed to no end because in 2009, I am still the continual object of racial profiling as I walk from my home to the neighborhood convenience store with a pocket full of green, silver, and copper. My spiritual stomach churns as I see so-called ministers of God living in gluttony, pockets overweight with the money that should be going to the church and benefiting all of God's people. Instead, we have members of congregations struggling to meet their basic needs and preachers looking to buy that second Beamer. Sexual perversion among church leaders is as rapid as getting a whiff of pepper just before sneezing. I cry because our world is in tremendous pain and in need of healing. This is an expression of thought by one called Quiet Storm of Spoken Word, and this is why I cry. That piece wow. Is this my is this my is my mic unmuted? Everybody's mm-hmm. line is open with the exception of two um people. And we're oh, gonna have to God. push this into our Those are still waiting to do a piece because I'm still trying to do a piece and we have Lady Blue that's trying to do a piece and I have um eight three two that still wants to do a piece. Okay, I just wanted to give accolades to Quiet Storm. I mean, I thought I, I thought I only loved, um, I dream dreams. I love that. <laughs> I love this one. I, I like them. I, I want to hear the rest of your stuff. So, I'm gonna find you online. That was really nice. Thank you. Definitely, QS. You already know how to look out that piece right there. Um, <clears throat> eight three. No, not eight three two. I'm sorry, Lady Blue. Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. This don't even have a name. I think I called it Poet to Poets, then I said Poets to Critics. But anyway, it says, 
I am not a poet, says who? Those that can ap- not appreciate my tone, my style, my technique or of expression. If I do not sound mad enough, rough and tough enough, crude and rude enough, or academic enough, who determines when the enough is enough? If my writing is a message, who determines the validity of the message that I have chosen to deliver? If your message is stand up and fight, and mine is love everyone and be polite, who should not write? One gives strength, and the other offers love. If I want to talk about the birds, the scent of beautiful flowers, and the rushing of ocean waves, who says, who says it is not relevant? Not the message that deserves to be spread in times of depression and dread. I come from the streets where no trees grow and much violent flows. I come from the concrete swimming pools of water released from fire hydrants. Yeah, seeing and living near ocean waves were fascinating, and living and not surviving is new to me. Let me express my interpretation and interaction with these things while extending the possibilities to other ghetto dwellers like me. Not poetic? If I'm talking about my magnificent God and quoting his words, it would be if you knew God like me. Who is to say I am not a poet? What decides I am not a poet if spoken word judges me like the academia directs me? Who wrote the rules for good poetry? Sometimes I rhyme, sometimes I reason, sometimes I harmonize, pluralize, and apologize. It all depends on what I want to say, how I feel, my heart, and what I believe. I'm going to keep speaking what I think needs to be heard. And you, you do you, because I cannot tell you how to be a poet, but I can tell you to back off. <laughs> and that's wow. thing to critics. I, just I don't even know how many that. people left on this line, but you are so right, Lady Blue. It's shut down. I have no control of the switchboard anymore. Yeah, it, it, it did that to me today. It was like on the dot. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, they really um stressed on that. Who's still on the line? I'm Dark still here. Oh, gosh. Tiffany is here. Okay. Um, I, PJ, are you there? Hello? PJ? No, TJ. Okay. Mm-hmm. 832, are you there? All right. Well, <laughs> I guess they um, got cut off. I tried to bring everybody line on so they can still be on. Um, everyone well, that came on, they're still there. Dark Knight, you still there? Yes, ma'am. You know, I ain't, go, I ain't leaving you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck with okay. me, you know. You, know, you don't know this yet, but you know, you, you know, you you done became my poetic mistress. No, no, you the poetic mistress. You my poetic wife. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. I know that's All right, quit a little class to that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, before you go, I have this last piece that I was trying to get it on air, but hey, there's always archives since they still got us here. It's titled "Worthy Man," and it's in dedication to the fathers that's out there doing what they're doing. And they know what we're talking about The ones that's handling their business Okay It takes a lot to become a worthy man To stand fearlessly at the parameters And be the guide for our youth See, worthy is more than a title It's vital to understand all that's at hand To become a man that is able to lead A man that knows responsibility You are taught to walk in his path Being created in his image For there is no limit Woven to possess the power and knowledge Revival in one hand, 
the word is solid. A worthy man has God first in his life, living abundant, even if life hurts, praying the same hands that he works. Repentful he is not perfect, nor that God gave his only begotten, not to be forgotten the truth is, but what a worthy man. Having faith he moves mountains, a leader, a father, and a brother, a living hand for others to understand, a listener, a provider, like Jesus, a supplier, but what a man, but a worthy man. He ministers church in his sanctuary. He watches for the neighbor even when not home. He grants his wife with the prosperity indeed, but what? He's a worthy man. He's there for his brother, sisters, and mother. The job there is never done, but greatly appreciated. Always lending as a hand to be honored, cherished for all days to come. Behold, I give you the worthy man. And that's that piece there. Happy wow. Father's Day. <laughs> And D, hearing that poem makes me wish I was a father. Oh, <laughs> very nice, Miss D. Very nice indeed. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that came out and discussed this topic with me. I appreciate all the love. Those that were still in the chat room, everyone that came out to support this topic, I appreciate that. I was a little nervous um, doing this show because i never done a topic so before, but it really turned out good. And thanks to all my poets who stepped up. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, we might have to do another one next week. <laughs> Thank you, <Pete. laughs> Thank you, Lady Blue. I really believe that we did not get enough time um, as needed to really touch on that subject because I want – what my goal was is to actually get these poets to step out. That's what I want. You know, I, you know, I think eventually it just takes time, you know, because everybody has to be able to do it when they're comfortable, you know. I mean, you know, it, it, it's not an overnight thing. Like, you know, you didn't automatically start off being a spoken word artist. It took you time. So everybody has to be able, I think everybody will get to it. It's just going to take them time, and we have to be there as people in the, people in the industry to nurture them to help them on their way instead of cutting them down because yes. there's a lot of people that cut people down inadvertently and there's some that do it just on purpose because they're scared of what they consider competition when it's not really competition. It's all about if Miss D becomes a better poet, then I'm a better poet, then everybody in poetry is better because everybody's individual success helps everybody else. Yep. Exactly. Concur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like um, Nina said, we do need to, um, you know, just some people, you know, write. My stuff was real personal, and it was years. I just shared it with my mom. But, you know, some of the stuff is personal and heart-wrenching and therapy for you, so it takes a while to be able to really go out there and give it to people. Because you do want people to, um, when it's personal, you want people to like it. And, and everybody had good points because, um, like Eric said, you know, you, you can't be thin-skinned with it, but when it's personal and it's, you know, you're sharing your, your inners, you do get thin-skinned, but after a while you, you learn. So it's all a growth growth process. And, again, some people just want to get it out and some people want to, you know, um, commercialize this stuff, but everybody's not here for the same reason. And see, there's one thing about the the personal pieces. Mm-hmm. The stuff that you went through or any of us that go through when we put our own self in our poetry, mm-hmm. there are a million people out there that are going through similar situations, and yeah. they benefit from what we went through. And 
You know, that's what a lot of people, like, yeah, it's personal to you, yeah, it got hurt. Just like there was a lady when I, when I went out last Tuesday. She finally re- read a piece that she wrote about eight years ago, how she was molested as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. But when she read that piece, I saw other women that were in the audience mm-hmm. that had us, and they were just feeling that piece. So you never know how your piece can affect um, somebody else. And once you get to the point where you're comfortable with it, and you put out there for everybody else to see. That that would you know it helped you get, you know writing it helped you get through your dilemma. But mm-hmm. you out there and reading it for other people will help them see that you know what I didn't go through this by myself. And it takes a, but it takes a while to get there because what got me out there was when a, a guy related to something that I had said, and I'm like, man, you know, I thought it was too too sensitive and mushy for a, a man to relate to, you know. So you like you said, you never know. But a, and if if there's a word for it, somebody else has has done it. You know what I'm saying? So nothing is new under the sun. But you, you know, it takes a while for people to realize that. And if they're nurtured and encouraged, they'll eventually come out with it and see how not only does it help them, because it even helps to read it out. I've done pieces that I've enjoyed, you know, that helped me. And then I'd read it and and I'd, I'd start crying or something. It was like, but that was still some more cleansing process for me. And I thought I was done with it, you know. So it'll help them and help me. But the thing is, people have to be nurtured and not badgered when they're trying to come out. You know, my my work is so um, honest. And I I think that, you know, because I I just cannot stand liars. I I, I don't lie. I don't like people who lie. And so everything that I write is personal, everything. I don't just have a few personal. Everything I write is personal. Um, unless it's a persona poem for some sort of assignment or something when you're in somebody else's shoes or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, everything I write is personal. So, I mean, I really, in a hurry, last year, you know, I really had to, like, just suck it up and woman up and not really pay attention to, you know, the, the negative. Um, and you hear it, but don't let it, you know, harm you. You can hear what people say. That's fine. Everybody has a right to their opinion, but it may not be the same opinion. So you just keep going and doing what you need to do and be your authentic self because people can smell bullshit a mile away. And if you're not being true to yourself, they will see it, they will hear it, they will know it. So um, I I really think it's important as artists to be honest with your work. Don't don't write for nobody but yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, don't write for nobody but yourself. Um, you know, we we all struggle at times where it's difficult for us to write or we're not writing as much. And do not be concerned with the swiftness of your pen, yep. you know. <laughs> uh, do do not be concerned with that because it'll come, you know, I, 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 that's something I used to talk a lot about with Shambe, and I still talk about it daily with Next Level. And he always says, you know, because, like, I have these little bursts where I'll write a whole bunch and then I'll write nothing. I told this to Dee the other day. And she's like, well, take your own advice. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. I didn't ask you all that. <laughs> but she was okay. right. So that was how that newborn piece of mine came to fruition last night. That I fell in love with. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you liked that piece. Oh, it's that's so such trippy. a tribute to a friend. It was a tribute to a friend. You know what, guys? After tonight, I'm really thinking about doing the show, doing what makes you a poet. There's a lot of poets that don't believe they're poets, and a lot of people that's putting 
these simulations and, and, and categorizing and putting it in levels of what poetry is, I'm re- I really want to get down to that one. That's going to be a serious <laughs> topic right there. Uh, <laughs> uh, in, in my opinion, there is no Pacific type of poet. That's just my opinion. Real. You might have to start a third show just to have a talk show. <laughs> oh, or you gonna be a busy beaver. You gonna be a busy beaver. Mm-hmm. Man, blog talk gonna have to put me on the payroll. This <laughs> is work. It is a lot of work. That's why I, I tried to have two shows a week and I couldn't do it. So, Dee, bless your heart. Uh, <laughs> I, this was is too much a for me. Whole lot easier to do a Tiffany than doing the show that I normally do. To be honest with you, a talk show or oh, that's easy. Compared to what I got to do, I'm talking about getting people's tracks, listening to them, making sure they write, getting them up to the switchboard, getting the right yep, music. Yep. I can't put out the same thing to y'all every week. So I got to get, you know what I'm saying? I got to get y'all a show. This is I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. And then you're trying to get everybody in because you want everybody to be heard and, you know, and, and say what they need to say without being rushed, um, yeah. you know. Yep. Yeah, my show takes it out of me on Sunday. I could not. You know, it's it's like all encompassing on Sundays. It looks like a child that needs my attention all from the morning, the minute I open my eyes. It's almost okay. two hours there. Ask me how I feel yeah. now. I feel like I just went to work. <laughs> all day, right? Did. I got a quick question for you, BTR host. Um, I'm thinking about starting my own show. Do you think it's worth it, yes or no? Or do you feel that, or are there, I just want to make sure there's not too many poetry shows out there. There are a lot, lot. but a lot of them fell by the wayside. A lot of them fell by the wayside. Because I was looking for one tonight. (laughs) Yeah, there's not very much on Saturdays anymore except for D. um, Because work Poetry vote is also on. But everybody shows not the same. You know, everybody is not, doesn't bring the same type of show. I mean, which is good. Right. I'm I'm, I'm so lucky. My show doesn't come on when when nobody's show is on. You know, I'm very lucky that way. When I chose that time slot, you know, people were like, those are church hours. I'm like, well, I don't go to church, so it does not apply to me. So, (laughs) you know, I'm not going to really worry about it, you know. I originally had my show on Thursday nights, but because Poetry Over Music presents my show, they also present Speakeasy Cafe, and that also comes on. That came on at an earlier time on Thursday, so they asked me to not have my. Sh- they didn't want two of their shows on, on the same day, so I had to, you know, find something in Sunday. And to answer your question, it's worth it. It's what you make it. It's what you yeah. make it. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but also, I really this, love it. you're lucky. I'm gonna say this because there are a lot of new hosts. There are a lot of new poetry shows. Where I consider myself an old head on BTR. I'm about to come up on my year anniversary, but there's a lot of new people that don't care about that that um, respect yeah. that we give each other, you know, right. as hosts as far as how we schedule our shows and how we don't try to, you know, have them at the same time. Lock yeah. anybody, you know, you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Try mm-hmm. to just disrespect and put a, another show on, but these new hosts coming out don't care. <laughs> right. I'm serious, they don't care, and a lot of them they they jump in your show and they. They they throw a link in that ground just ten minutes and before they the show starts and then right. they leave. I don't mind people talking up to myself, but when you and y'all wonder why show, I ban people so much. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know I'm a show, ten, and minutes, ten minutes before your show comes on, it's obvious that you're trying to pull my my audience over. 
But right. you ain't got to do it so obvious. You could at least <laughs> came and listen to the show. I mean, come on. Yeah, there's some rudeness. I really don't have that problem. I really don't. And I have such a loyal group of people who come to my house each Sunday, you know, and I, I, I'm just so lucky that nothing else is on and I don't have to, you know, it's just it's sort of the way I figure is the way people can start their day with me, you know, because it comes on at 12 o'clock my time. You know, it's noon. So, I'm, I, you know, to Eastern people, y'all, you know, it's 3 o'clock. But to me, I'm in my pajamas when I do my show. People are like, don't you want your webcam? No, I don't. Because I'm <laughs> sitting here in my pajamas with flats in my hair and fuzzy slippers. That is not a good look, and y'all don't want to see it. First, I tried that, you guys. I tried to go on the web. It, I don't know if my, my cam not compatible, but I could never get it to run. But I I wouldn't want my webcam on. <laughs> I don't mind. No, if thank I got you. a good hair day, you know, if I got a good hair day, I don't mind. <laughs> just listen to this. You know, when people are doing their thing, just think of the expressions that are on your face and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I talk with my face. So do I. I'm a dead giveaway. I'm a dead giveaway. And I'm also, you know, I'm dealing with, like, my dog and, you know, I'm opening the door and, you know. Me too. Oh, Lord. I think that DTR lady is going to cut us off. Come on. Well, thank you, guys. I needed this tonight because I didn't get to do anything on my show, and that wasn't what I intended to do, but it came in a a handy to me to be able to do it tonight. So thank you, Dee, for having the show. Thank you both. I will um, talk with you tomorrow. I won't talk with you tomorrow because I'm definitely going to come and hear Quiet Storm if I have to do it in the car. (laughs) But I know your area code, so indeed yeah. you better be there. I'll come yeah. you. Yeah, it's on my um, <laughs> phone, so I don't even have to be. And home um, if it's me, I need you to text me the phone number because I will be at a cookout, but I definitely want to come support uh, Quiet Storm as well. Yeah. yeah. What sweetheart? What time is the show? The call in number. Uh, oh, my show is twelve o'clock Pacific, two o'clock Central, three o'clock Eastern. Jeez, okay, I should be just be making off from church by See? <laughs> but it's two hours, so you still can catch it, and then you can also catch the archives, but it's two hours. Always so. archives, exactly. I mean, yeah. if you can't make it, you always got archives. I mean, yeah. and if you got her under their favorites, you don't even have to go waste the time of going to the page. You can play it right there. Yep. <laughs> I, I love I, that. I got All right, y'all. Okay, well, have, duty call. Duty call. Okay. Husband wants attention now. All I right, wonder guys. why. Night, <laughs> night, night, you all. Be good. Have a good Thanks. night, y'all. All right. I don't know if you can hear me, D, but I just wanted to say bye as well. Bye, Robbie. Bye, Robbie. I hear you. <laughs> all right, D, when you get a chance, I want you like to either email me, hit me up on my site, because I really want to talk to you about trying to get my show on. Hey, uh, do you have Yahoo? Yep. All right, hang on. Let me grab the pen real quick, because I'm on Yahoo. I'll be quicker. Okay. Hang on for one second. I'll just add my pen. Okay, here we go. What's your Yahoo um, name? Um, I got two of them. One is CZ underscore D-A-R-K underscore Knight. Uh, and then the other one is SK1, the number one, Dark Knight. Okay. Um, was that C like in Charlie, Z like in Zebra? Yes, ma'am. All right. I'll be hitting you up shortly, babe. All right. All right. Bye-bye.